0: Welcome to The Fizzle Show, yeah, yeah. this is The Fizzle Show, where we come to learn so much about, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is The Fizzle Show, every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. And this episode is a whirlwind. We really hit a nerve with this one. What we talk about are the things that we feel are actually easy and actually difficult about building a successful business. Now listen, after listening to this episode, you might realize that something you are spending a lot of time and energy on right now should actually be a lot easier. And it's not because you're missing a critical piece. It's not easier because you're missing something. And I hope that in this episode, you can get that critical piece. Okay, in case you aren't familiar with what we do here, we run fizzle.co, where we lead creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs into building a business that actually works. Okay, we have a three-stage roadmap that we guide people through. No matter where you are on your entrepreneurial journey, you're gonna fit in on the roadmap. Membership to Fizzle, visual? Fizzle.co membership costs about $1.15 a day. And as a listener, you can try your first week's free five weeks on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. Earn a living doing something you care about. Get your free trial at fizzle.co slash try five. Okay, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 165. I'll be back out of this conversation. I'm fill I'm gonna fill in the gap for you. But first, a quick message from our sponsor, Fresh books is small business accounting software designed for small businesses like the one you're making. You know, we always encourage people when they're just starting out to start with a service-based business. And uh, FreshBooks helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices extremely simple. All right, one of my business heroes, Tina Roth Eisenberg of Creative Mornings and Tatley and Swiss Miss, she says, FreshBooks not only makes me look professional, it saves me a huge amount of time. FreshBooks is offering Fizzle show listeners a month of unrestricted use, totally free right now. And you don't need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, just go to freshbooks.com Fizzle and enter Fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle and how did you hear about us? Okay, I'm going back to editing this video that should be in the post for this show. Let's get into it. If there's anything I've learned, it's that you can just add trouser on the front of anything. It sounds really suspicious. Yeah. You know <laughs> well, <what> I, mean? <laughs> I have a feeling that
1: was an a old man... Old man Corb, uh, dirty joke. There. Yeah, that's right. A trouser,
0: a, a trouser or something. A trouser Jaeger, uh, you get it. We should it? just
2: have an episode of dirty old man jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I'm Corbin Barn. Today on the show, what's the difference between jam and jelly? <laughs> I'll be back in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsors. <laughs> okay, so well, I one of my favorite uh, favorite beard. Uh, you probably remember where this originated from. Maybe it was a uh, um uh it's one of these investors who asked the question, you know, what is something that you believe is true that a lot of other people believe is false? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what that's from? Are you, uh, was it, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, PayPal investor guy, Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel. Oh, is it something, yeah. Maybe it was I think from, it came uh, from his book.
1: Uh, mm. Zero to one, probably
0: something uh-huh. like that. And it's like, Hey, what are the things that, and this was, uh, it's, uh, it's talk, talked about often as like a, here's how to think of, like, what should you do for a living or, or what should your business be about or yeah, yeah. something like that? Well, what is something that you believe that a lot of other people don't? Yeah, um, or
2: what is something that comes easy to you and is exactly, really hard for Exactly, that
0: people. is really hard for yeah. other people, which is even better. Yep. Because what I want to talk about today are things that we believe, or things that we, like, individually, you guys, I asked you to kind of have a, a couple ideas. Come ready for this, and, and even if you don't, we're going to have a lot to go with it anyways. Because I think there's a lot of things that I feel like... Um, most people out there think are very difficult about online business. Mm-hmm. Hey, these are the things that are hard about online business, and a lot of those I look at and I go like, no, most of those are easy. Not just because I have the skills, not just because, but but for but but like that's not the hard part about mm-hmm. doing an online business, you know. So what I want to do is like, what what do we believe? Is, what do you believe is is easy that a lot of people think is hard, and also the converse, what do you believe is hard that a lot of people think? is easy. Yep. Because I think in this kind of question it reminds me of Seth Godin's always saying, like, well that's not the hard thing about chocolate making or whatever. The The hard hard thing about about hard thing. The hard thing about chocolate making is and, and yeah. there's always an insight there that it's not actually... It's like the hardest thing about rollerblading. Yeah, it's like, what's the hardest thing about rollerblading? <laughs> I don't know. The hardest <laughs> thing about rollerblading is actually not putting on the blades, not balancing and, and, and figuring out how to use it. It's feeling confident while you're doing it, knowing you look like a rollerblader. Sure. You know, that is the hack. Yeah. And it's actually... Not that hard to do once you've done it, but once you've done that, everything else gets it's really easier. all the
2: crap you catch from your
0: friends. Exactly. About well, and as a professional rollerblader for a little while there, I uh, I can say I got real comfortable looking like a fruit booter.
2: Oh, I didn't know you were a, a pro.
0: Well, and me and Arlo Eisenberg go way back. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's like one dude out there going like, "Whoa, nice pull." Harlow Eisenberg. All right. Speaking of Harlow Eisenberg, I'm here with Corbin Ba and Baron Brooks, and we're diagnosing some of the biggest challenges we see in online business. Okay, <laughs> you just totally—you
2: lost everyone. I guarantee it because you lost Baron and I. Like
0: wild I just I time. heard the word Eisenberg and I was and I was oh, okay. just like, well, that sounds like a radio host and then I just clicked sure. and clacked it. it. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is the timing belt making sort of a woo 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 sound <laughs> or more of a wee 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 sound? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can figure that out. You screwed Terry onto
1: our next caller. Uh, I just love that you can like <laughs> parlay what is a moment when you would for real laugh into a character laugh <laughs> and have it be accurate. <laughs>
0: I He's hate like, myself, was, so I like being other a, people. There was an actual laugh
1: <laughs> happening in someone
0: else's laugh. I like it. Okay, so uh, th- what 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 we're talking about here is what do we be- what do I believe is easy that other people think is hard, and what do I believe is hard that other people think is easy about online business? And Corbett, why don't we start with you? Whichever one, maybe we should start on what's what we think is is um, is actually hard. Maybe first. Mm, well,
2: okay, so. I, I was the other place I was going to go with this is. Okay, I think a lot of it's dependent on who you are and what your skill sets and experience. Totally. Are. So it's really kind of a personal thing. Like, what do you think is difficult versus what do you think is easy? Because right? yeah. we all have things that just kind of come to us naturally. Totally. Um. So what is hard for me? Uh, One thing that's really hard for me is podcasting on my own if I'm not interviewing Mm. or anything or just like delivering content on my own. It even helps when, like, for example, last week we shot a a course. Chase and I are working on a new course Mm -hmm. and um, we had collaboratively scripted the thing. And in a lot of cases, I would be writing the course out on my own and then delivering it myself in Mm -hmm. front of camera. And it was just easier because you were there as director. So yeah. I had somebody to kind of bounce things off of and to totally. kind of play the audience a little bit, even if the audience was only one. And yeah. you were kind of like gingerly walking around to make sure that uh, you weren't distracting me doing yep. it, which yep. I really appreciated. Yep. But just in general, if I have to sit in a room by myself and deliver audio or video or whatever, mm. that's hard. Yeah. A lot of times, in fact, I'll I'll go through a whole day where I'm... I'm going to shoot this video. I'm going to shoot this video. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, it I can't start now because it's lunchtime yeah. you know, coming soon. And then in the afternoon you sit down and you, and you, you try and try yeah. and the words just don't come out or whatever. And uh, then you're like, screw it. And then you wait till the next day. And, and like, you really kind of wait for the, just I totally. The whole mood yeah. To it's right a totally
0: right now, different so. mental headspace than say writing.
2: And then, yeah. Or, and versus like when you have to create a video or audio or whatever, and you show up because there's an interview happening, or because we have a podcast scheduled, mm-hmm. or because you've got the camera set up and it's time to roll, then there's no thinking about it. You just have to show up. And a lot of time, the energy comes from the other people in yeah. the room. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That and you can't stuff. let them down. So mm-hmm. you, just
2: to, you just have to hit you know, record. As yeah. You're
0: going. Now, I'm curious for you specifically, what, uh, is there a difference, like, for example, with, with writing? Like, what do you do by yourself that, for, in terms, terms of content creation stuff, mm. that comes easier? To you than maybe other people.
2: Yeah, so writing definitely comes easier. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, I don't know, it's just like a conversation in your head. For some reason, so I don't speak much in general. Like like when we recorded the course the other day, uh, I was on camera for what, like six hours? Yeah. And... My throat hurt for two days afterwards. Really, and I probably spoke more words in those six hours than I had the entire week before. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That and like when to
2: when we podcast, you know, mm-hmm. this is like when I get it all out. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I I probably say ten words a day. Yeah. So anytime that I have to verbalize, it just it, it takes a lot more energy for me. Interesting. If I'm yeah. just writing it, it's way easier.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's definitely a, a sign of uh, def- like you said, one of those that's like it's easier for my personality or my my skills or more difficult for my personality or my skills or something like that yeah. what, something like that what else uh, what what else move to you Barrett. like what what comes to mind for you for either something that is easier for you or than than it is for most people or harder well i'll tack on the corbett's and say that i have a really hard
1: time having any kind of like emotional engagement or intonation in my delivery if i don't have an audience mm-hmm. like if i have an audience a real audience like if i'm speaking yeah. on stage or i'm giving a workshop i am Super engaging. I think that's a, yeah. a natural talent of mine is I can just get up there and be charismatic and mm-hmm. engage with people and make them laugh and have fun. But if I'm just on a microphone or if I'm just behind a camera, it's boring. It's like, well, yeah. this seems stupid. This is not worth my time right
0: now. Yeah, it's hard to believe the uh, the, the the spirit of what you're doing because when you're right. on the other side, like you don't know what... You, right. It's hard to put yourself in that mindset of being yeah, right. on the other side of the monitor. And that's
1: not to say it's not important. It's just to say I don't like it very much you know, yeah. for my personality. Yeah. So yeah. the other one I'll say though is When it comes to you you know you mentioned it's personal for each individual i think what's hard about that that actually most people miss is they don't understand their own natural talents they don't Mm -hmm. understand what they're naturally good at and so they're not able to leverage that in their business and so they come to the table and they're following everyone else's strategy without knowing and what's easy what comes easier to them than other people and so they don't end up using that as an advantage they're just trying to follow the blueprint that somebody else set and so, you know, for you, you might be great on camera. You might be completely different from Corbett where you need to be around people all the time and talking all the time and engaging. Uh, and so if that's you, then you shouldn't be following Corbett's strategy because it might not work for you. Yeah. So I think knowing your talents and understanding kind of your natural driving abilities yeah. is really powerful.
0: Okay, this is interesting because this is helping me shape what, more, I think, of what I mean. Because um, what I think what I'm actually looking for is a lot of people out there have an idea about what is hard about right. doing an o- online business, right? right? Doing, becoming yeah. a blogger, or a podcaster, starting your own sort of course making business or, or, or anything that, that we could possibly be doing mm. these days. Right. So any small business, here's the hard stuff about it. Right. right. Maybe what I actually am wanting to do is like, I want to, from our perspective, people who have been doing this for a long time, yeah. what is actually hard and what is what is actually hard that people aren't thinking about is the hard thing. You mean thing. like what's hard for us week to week? For 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 what we know is actually the hard stuff. And yeah. I think that's a good example. What's actually hard is knowing what you're good at mm-hmm. naturally yeah. and knowing what your skills are. That's not right. something that's going to show up on somebody's list on right. like, oh, because what, what are they thinking about? They're thinking about like, it's hard to set up a website. It's hard to stay motivated and, and to, to do consistent work every day. It's hard to write really clearly. Mm-hmm. It's hard to a lot. Like there's a lot of things that we believe is really hard, right? Yeah. Totally. But there's stuff, but that's like, that's all, to me, that's very peripheral. Right. all of that stuff I mean maybe like staying motivated is, uh, is uh, arguably a, a core thing mm-hmm. but knowing what you're naturally good at that's a core thing that like that a lot of people aren't thinking about right. enough right. in some ways right
2: yeah well and being able to recognize that and then acknowledge it and put it to your advantage yes that's like a whole level of being that most people aren't even close right. to and them.
0: that is and I and wouldn't you I mean you gotta believe probably right that that's the name of the game of life
2: well it kind it is but but there's also this nuance of sometimes you have to recognize what you're not necessarily great at but that you have to force yourself to do anyways cuz it's critical to your business. Absolutely. And knowing the difference
0: between those two things is a lot and it, but it's just but I think knowing the difference between them and then realizing like hey, we got to do it anyways mm-hmm. and this isn't like my main core right. skill like that, I feel like that little bit of insight about those kinds of things, just realizing that, oh, this isn't my main core skill, but I have to do it yeah. anyways, that can change everything about here's, how you come to it.
2: Here's another one that mm. uh, is really hard that nobody talks about yeah. that I think is a- along those kind of lines, because it's more art than science, which is knowing when to quit and when to persevere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. freaking impossible, yeah. Yeah. right? Because there is no right answer. Right. And um, that's one of the most agonizing decisions anyone goes through. For
0: yourself, personally, what, do you, can you think of something that, is there something that you've quit? Everything that I'm not doing right now, by definition, you've I mean, quit, I mean, right? I think of you leaving the, the startup that you did with yeah. the co-founder because the relationship and the, the, it all got very toxic, right? Yeah. And so it was just like that that politics and the rigmarole of, of it all just got so hideous that you finally go like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't want it. Right but it is but it's also
2: the kind of thing that you agonize over for yeah. a year and yeah. it does a lot of damage to totally. you and you know you totally. just think like how long you- do
0: you have to live with it before you go you know what that's enough
2: and I'm sure it's the same for divorce, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, and, and you may have like lived through hell for five years. And, yeah. and then finally, after you make those decisions, those big life changing decisions, usually afterwards, everything's way better. Yeah. And you're like, why didn't I just do this before?
0: Totally. I was just totally. too
2: afraid to confront reality. Yeah. You know? And it may, I mean, oh, I and
0: how many of us have lived through really terrible seasons in our marriage and then gotten through to the other side where it's like, oh, this is a much better now. Yeah. Like, I'm glad we stuck it out. Yeah you know, the persevering. Right, and the same thing with the business. So, you know,
2: a lot of times people, you hear stories about people who are on the brink and they just like pulled that last thousand
0: dollars off their credit card or whatever. And Elon Musk with SpaceX going like, this is the last rocket. After this rocket, we're in debt by a long time. Like, we're never going to be able to launch another rocket. Uh, And the rocket succeeds. Like a Greek play, like a majesty fucking amazing story like that's never, like Disney couldn't script it better than this. This This is like the jungle book on its head, just going that's like, crazy. that's too on the nose. No, we can't, like you're writing a story about an entrepreneur. You're like, we can't make that happen. That's too on the nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's perfect. When Leonardo Leonardo
2: DiCaprio plays Elon Musk in oh, 60 yeah. years, because yeah. you got to know that guy is going to be around forever. 10
0: years. There will be an Elon Musk movie for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that oh, is going to be a trip. so
1: bad for people in our audience who don't like Elon Musk. I'm sorry, because we're all just like enamored. That's so.
0: true. That's true. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, but there's, you know, how these things go. Yeah, we've another, got ten episodes where we'll we're obsessed it. with something. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> totally. It'll be over. Uh. Okay, so here's here's something that I think is really hard. That um, that I, I'm not sure if every, I think one of the things that's really hard about this is to earn a full time living from it. Mm. Right. That which is different than being successful. Right. Right. I think that's an that that is a huge distinction to me and I I see a lot of people. What do you mean? Meaning like the difference between like I have a a, a blog or a podcast or a course that I'm selling and I'm earning some money on the side and I have a blog or a podcast and a course that I'm selling um, where I'm supporting myself full time. I think so, those are so two, Those are two very different so camps.
2: It's, it's e- the first
0: is easy. The second's hard. Not 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 that the first is necessarily easy, but just that it's it's actually really really hard to f- support yourself full time. Well, I'll
1: go in and say I think it's much easier. Way it's it's an easy thing to make some money.
0: It is. Yeah. 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 Actually, that that so that maybe that's a good distinction. It's really easy to earn side income. It's really hard to support yourself full time. Yeah. You know, right. and I wouldn't even say it's really really hard. I just think it's it's a it's a order of magnitude in the and differences required in how you're thinking about it. Absolutely. You know, I'd
1: tack onto that one. There's another one that happens when you go from just you to you and other people that you're supporting. Yeah. That's really hard. And most people will never get there. And what's interesting about both of those is they're the little stage gates for our phase Continuum, kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. They kind of not are not necessarily hiring people for the for the third phase, yeah. but that's kind of the same, yeah, sure, point that you're at. Yeah, you know, getting to the point where you could hire someone totally is even another order of magnitude harder than just getting to supporting yourself.
0: Yeah, and i because I think there's a, there is a um there and I and I struggle with with talking, you know, on the Fizzle Show with, with with this show, we have so many different people in so many different places. Right. So Some, someone out there, they're, they're, all they can think of is if I could get a blog up and running and I can get like, you know, a thousand people on the email list and just start growing my tribe, like I'm going to be really happy. Others are maybe already thinking about having, uh, you know, a few employees or people who are outsourcing their work to or something like that. Right. right? Um, and for me, it's been a very gradual progression of, of and a, and a very... Uh, I'm I've learned and changed a lot in how I look at this business and I'm looking at, at at it as a company and a business and a group of people now that that was never really the the case for me personally you know for the past Ten years when I when I started lots of businesses, I never thought about them. Father apprentice having employees or right. anything like that. Like me, anyone you know working alongside of that changed dramatically for me. And in some ways, that was like a mindset shift mm. that definitely made me look at the work very differently. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think the world changed in front of me, and I had to I had to orient myself to it, and that's what changed the way I looked at things. Versus like I read a book and then I start. So, so.
2: In, but in the context of things that people think are easy are
0: actually hard do you
2: you think that people think that that's easy
0: no not necessarily i but but it's it's just i i'm I'm, on some ways i'm just kind of i feel like it's it's really nice just to say hey this is a hard thing
2: yeah hey that's hard sure you know what
0: i mean yeah so but i like the i like to keep coming back to what do people think is easy that's actually hard what else what do you have
2: um go ahead barrett
1: well i had another one here i don't know that people think it's easy i just don't think people think about it and and that's that I don't think most people come to this business thing with a vision for their life or for what they're trying to create. So many people come to this business thing because they're running away from something. Mm-hmm. That's the easy part. Running away from mm. something, super easy. Saying, I don't like this, very easy. But deciding what you're for, what's your vision for what you're trying to create, in either in your life or your business or both, ideally.
0: Yeah, that's actually that's, really
1: powerful. Yeah, That's like the healthiest spot to start this thing from. Because that means now you come to it with clarity of purpose, and there's a reason you're doing it. And now your job is just to learn the business. And you're saying you know where you're trying to go,
0: building something instead of
1: just running away from right. something. I think that's really hard, and that's mm. I think a lot of times that's why people end up just trying to make a quick buck, however they can, because it's not for something.
0: It's not like an idea or a cause totally. or, a, or a mission. Yeah, that yeah, and you know what the symptom I see of that is is just like uh, this this deep fear of this deep attachment to the first business idea that you come across that's right. good, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you have all these, you're like, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I'd like to do that. And then, but I don't have an idea, right? For, for forever. And you're thinking about things like, no, that wouldn't work because of this. Or like, okay. I wish right. I had ideas. And you're listening to the podcast or reading the blog post. And then you come up with your first idea. You know what I mean? That where you're like, oh my God, that actually might work. And then you just cling to it, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not, you're still not in that full mindset of like, I'm gonna be building something over the next 20 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. maybe multiple things. Right. So I will go through ideas, but you're not in that mindset yet. You're just in the like, oh, this is the thing that's proving to me I can do this. Right. And if anything happens to this, it's happening to me. Mm. Right. You know? And and I see that clinginess as like a real like danger zone for how you get, how you are about your business, you know? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I think got- I
2: think you can. Uh, you can cling to an audience or a cause. Mm-hmm. I think that's healthy yeah. in a way. Yeah. But clinging to one specific totally. idea or Absolutely. solution or whatever. And that's
0: so. Tell more about like like say more about that. What's the difference between clinging to a, a cause and clinging to an idea? Well,
2: this is where you know we like to talk about entrepreneurs as scientists with hypotheses that yeah. basically there's a group of people out there with some sort of problem or need. And you believe that if you solve that problem in this way, yeah. those people will benefit from it and they'll be willing to pay for it. Yeah. So that's just one simple hypothesis. Um, the The danger is if you cling to that one idea and think if this this has to work, this mm. because either I'm so smart and I know what these people need, or just for some reason you believe that if this fails, like you said, yeah. it says something about you as a person. Yeah. Uh, or about your, your abilities capabilities?
0: As a yeah, your capabilities yeah. as an entrepreneur. When really, it's like no, it's just a bad. It was like not not the best idea. And even some excellent ideas don't work. Out. Right. Yeah, you know well, what I mean.
1: Imagine how tragic that could be in the in the case of many things that we all care about, like finding a cure for cancer. If all you cared about was the one approach you were taking instead of finding the yeah. actual solution to it, how, how which is great that distinction. That, but
2: that does ha- that happens all the time in academia. Like yeah. you know, because my PhD research was in right. blah, then uh, basically. I'm a hammer going around looking for a nail, Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe you know the solution's right under my nose. Luckily, there are like thousands of people researching
0: a cure for cancer. Turns out the the cure for cancer was a Phillips head screwdriver, and you had a hammer. Wrong answer. (laughs) Uh, sorry, go back to square one. And
2: but in that case, you know maybe someone will cling to their idea, and eventually it'll lead to a breakthrough in 30 years because they just believed Hmm. deeply enough. As an entrepreneur. You're probably not solving you know that sort right. of problem uh, and you may you may be one of the only people kind of thinking about that yeah. problem for that audience mm-hmm. and so that's where if you want to focus on something focus on the group of people mm. and on the problems that they have and over time you're gonna grow and learn and really like get deeper and deeper into that audience and that mindset. Mm -hmm. And all that time that you spend with them is going to lead you to other ideas. Yeah, And then your goal is just to like try out those ideas systematically and see which ones start to stick.
0: I like it. I like that. I think that's a good distinction. The difference between building something and running away from something we're all a lot of like how many how long how many people in this audience are running away from a crappy job right and I just and I and you find out about entrepreneurship as like this like well then I could do that I could be a blogger I could be a podcaster yeah. I can do a YouTube channel I can make I can teach I can I can take my uh my working with clients I can do that online instead and sell courses right yeah um and it's o-
2: and it's okay to run away from something or to because that yeah that's like
0: that's some energy but, right yeah but you have to
2: Put the right energy into your business, which is caring about a group of people and really yeah uh, and about solving problems for them, not about just figuring out some way to make money like in the abstract without mm-hmm.
0: which is like one one of mine, okay, so one thing that I think is easy that many people aren't thinking about, let's just put it that way I think it's easy and a lot of people aren't thinking about it is it's it's easier to care more than your competition, I think it's easier to mm. care more about your people, your problem, your cause that the thing that your business exists to solve or to help, right? Yep. I think it's easier it's easy to care more about that than other people and that's that's money on the table. That when you're not doing that, yeah. you know?
2: I think you have to kind of define what caring means though. Yeah. Uh, and to me caring shows in the actions that you take.
0: Yeah. So and when it, you say yeah. caring
2: about your audience, that means, you know, to me that means literally spending Tons of time with your customers, like one on one or whatever, just giving yourself to them, to really, yeah. like understand what they're going through and how you can help them, as opposed to kind of sitting, you know, like the the man behind the curtain, yeah, absolutely, trying to pull all the strings. From I
0: think, them. yeah, I think, I think uh, so. Care, yeah, is spending time with your customers, which to me, it, it's empathizing with the customer. Before we started recording, I watched. I told Corbett that I watched this Anthony Bourdain show on Mexico City. Um, at Parts Unknown, which is a phenomenal show. And for the first time ever, I feel like I, I've been to Mexico a lot. I speak some of the language and, and we go down there just about every year and have done for, you know, since I was a kid in high school. And I, I this was like, I feel like it was the first time i ever seen Mexico. Like this last night, just watching the show. And I'm like, oh my God, I see Mexico. I see I see the impossibility of this situation with the government um, in Mexico City. I see—I just see so much more than I than I used to, and I empathized so strongly with the people who who would want something different for themselves, right? And just go like, "Oh my God, you're just like your hands are tied." Right? It's that empathizing. That's what I mean. Gandhi and Martin Luther King—they don't—they don't know more. They care more. You know what I mean? They don't know more. They—they they go like this aggression will not stand man they go this is not right i don't know what what i need to know or i don't know how to prove this to you but here's a hunger strike and here's a like this is what i i all i can do is say no like no this is bullshit. you know what i mean and it's like that kind of anger is a kind of caring more yeah right and i think that's i think that's powerful i think that's really because when i think about it like what you said earlier about building something versus uh, versus running away from something. And when we mentioned sort of uh, your cause, clinging to your cause, sticking with your cause, I th- I think there's something really powerful in that language. And so I what mean, I mean is kind of not caring more about your business or about yourself or about this in one individual, but about all the people who struggle with this thing or mm-hmm. something. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but it's interesting you say that that seems easy and people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And yet, Apparently, it's hard because I think most yeah. people don't care
0: at all. I think about their customers. that, but I think it's it's, or it's just superficial. And it it's true. So let me think about the language there. It's it, I think it's I think it's really easy. I don't think it's hard. I just think you I just don't think enough people are thinking that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and it, unravel all kinds of stuff
1: they've learned, and the, and the family they come from, like all this stuff gets wrapped up. And yeah, take care of yourself. Watch out for old number one, mm-hmm. and and they got to unwind all that stuff before they can really invest in that strategy. Yeah, well, and
2: and also just you know thinking about all the business advice that's out there. Yeah. Last week I wrote a blog post about the yeah. ten steps to start a business, and this is kind of based on the podcast episode we did last week as well. We we got into it a little bit, but just this idea that. One of the organizations that is most responsible for helping small businesses succeed in the United States writes a list of ten steps to start a business, and zero of those steps talk about interacting with your freaking customer yeah. or who your customer is. Yeah. And the same is true of business school; like they don't they talk a lot about markets and models and totally. you know, these abstract yeah. corporate terms. Uh, and and you know and again we were we were talking another episode about like the biggest the companies that spend the most on advertising are the companies that you want nothing to do.
0: You want nothing to do do with with, like
2: Comcast, right? Yeah. Uh, and so there's just all this energy out there that defines a business as this, this organization of processes and things that, uh, happen in the abstract of their customer. They Mm -hmm. just, they make a product and then, a market buys it there's not individuals out there yeah. who they're helping you know and so when a when a company comes up like patagonia or something yeah you just feel it right away yeah. because they care about it so it's totally so so maybe that work is easy but like barrett said there's a lot of stuff that you have to overcome to yeah. realize that caring about your yeah and i guess
0: I, so in some ways customers. yeah it, it's it's not that it's a. Uh, um you're right there is there's there for some and this is kind of like from my perspective, I think we should we should focus on our perspective. From my perspective, it's like it's really easy to find the thing that you care about and that you care about more than other people and to just throw your body on the gears and levers of that machine until you can fix it or what, until you, you help them. And similarly, another one for me is, uh, is I think it's really easy to have customer conversations. And nobody's nobody's doing yeah, it. Totally, I, nobody's I had that one
1: down too. Yeah, I just it's think it's not it, that hard to get in touch no. with someone who's in your in your customer base, no, or potential customer base. I, I don't under, when people tell me they cannot get someone on the phone. I just don't f-ing believe
0: it. I don't believe you. You are <laughs> well. Not, you are messing something. up. I think it's hard. I, I think hard. I think it can be it can be difficult un, if you don't have that solid foundation, it, right? Yeah, maybe that's it. For us, it's really easy because right. we've we've done it's all like all foundation work. Um, sure. So I think it can be really, I think, I think this is a great example of something that I know is really easy that a lot of people think is hard, mm-hmm. right? Because of that, I don't right. know who to talk to and I don't know what to say. What's great about that is, and I have to plug this as hard as I possibly can, because I think it's one of the strongest things we've ever put out is the customer conversations course in Fizzle. It's one that we find, always find ourselves recommending like mm-hmm. on every Fizzle Friday and yeah. every person we talk to. Cause it's just, it's like, it's basically the, the strength and like, To me, as I was thinking about this, let's like watch in the ones that we talk about and everything that we've talked about up to date, this like customer conversations, being close with your customers, understanding them, like really going deep in the real life with them, not just like, here's my brainstorm about them, here's my intuition about them, but real conversations. That's the thing that takes hard stuff and makes it easy. I think that is like, I think that's the thing that actually converts all this BS stuff that we thought was hard, making a website's really hard to do this. And when you know what matters most to your customers, it's really easy. Yeah. Squarespace, grab a simple theme, put, the, put the, the words right in front of them that they need mm-hmm. to hear and have them subscribe. Right. Like, like it, that's what turns things into easy things. I For think. sure. And then I'll tack one on there that's, uh, I think it's
1: really easy to build a network and most people think it's really hard. Hmm. It's the same kind of thing to me because it's the same skills that go into it. Yeah. It's the hard part is having the courage to reach out to people. Mm it's not hard to build a network to authentically connect with people when you allow yourself to open up and be a human and not have an agenda all the time. Mm. I think people think it's so hard to get in touch with customers, to have a peer network. And the reason it seems hard is because you can't get out of your own damn head long enough to recognize that other people don't just want to hear your agenda and your elevator pitch all the time. Yeah. Totally.
2: And it's hard because you don't want somebody to burst your bubble right. and mm-hmm. tell you that you have a dumb idea.
0: Right. Yeah, and you're Totally. hey, And really, slash, that's what, that's what idea you... It might
2: be. Yeah, that's that's really what you need to hear.
0: Right. Right? Yeah, I mean and that's that's maybe that's uh that's kind of interesting. It gets me thinking about another thing, like right why don't we want to hear that our idea is a bad one? Like you hear like listen, I love it when people tell me that my idea is a bad idea. I, f- I love that. I get strong off of it. It makes me better. You know what I mean? You hear that from some people, and I've never been that guy, Yeah. right? I'm I'm so deeply, like, like I have such a deep shame that if someone, like, if there's criticism, like, I will just lock up mm-hmm. and I will just go away and I'll isolate and be all alone and be depressed for, mm-hmm. like, two weeks straight. Slowly the jaws open, you know what I mean? Just because it's, it's some knee-jerk reaction I can barely control. Yep. But, uh, but others are just like, oh my God, I love it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I love that. Tell me it's wrong. Show me, prove to me, I'll be better than you. And I like that. And I wish more people thought like that. I wish I thought like that yeah. more, you know, but I think that might be one as well, right? This, this idea of I'm afraid that I'm afraid someone's going to burst my bubble. But
2: here And here's the thing, like you mentioned the customer conversations course at the point the the point at which you're supposed to be talking to customers, you shouldn't have some fully formed idea in your head about what you're going to offer to them. If you've never talked to a customer before, yeah, how do you think you can have a full business idea? Right, yeah, you know. And so, yeah. so at that stage, you should just be you should just be thinking. There's this group of people. Here's kind of how they self-identify. Yeah, and these are the problems they face. And I'm going to go talk to people about those problems. Yeah. And while I'm talking to them, maybe we'll kind of bounce some ideas of solutions. Well, mm-hmm. so how do you solve that right now? Yeah. And how could, do you think somebody could do something to make that easier for you? And yeah. what would yeah. that be? Yeah,
0: Yeah. That, oh, that, that's what's really hard about the customer conversation thing. And what actually, why I I literally, before making that course, Steph wrote it all. I directed it. and And literally in like editing the course material, I was like, Oh my God, this just got so easy. I totally understand it now because it's not like you're not pitching them. That's a really big deal. You're not pitching them. You're literally just asking what's the hardest thing for you right now about being a fly fisher or right. about being a single mom or about being a stay-at-home dad who wants to also build his professional network. Like what is, what is the hardest thing right now about your insert topic slash audience here mm-hmm. and then just ask, hmm, tell me more. Now, why is that? What does that feel like? Go deep and ask clarifying questions and that's it. Right. And the whole course goes into to like how do you find people? And what, what what's your approach to them? You know, how do you get ready with your anchor question yeah. and stuff like that? Verse, so yeah, versus like versus the, what? The way that people are thinking about I'm gonna go talk to a
2: customer is I'm gonna go pitch them on my idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then and then you get all like right. worked up because now they're you're gonna a, shoot me down. Yeah, they're now your finger bubbles. Because converses. you're literally giving them a is this great or does this suck? Yeah. Which at that stage
0: of your entrepreneurship is probably am I good enough or am I not? Do you know what I mean? The ratio of speaking to talking in
1: these things is like 90 10 or 10 90. Yeah. 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 Should be speaking 10%. Yeah. Yeah. And, And if you could just embrace the idea that maybe one of the fastest ways to getting to a good product, a good idea for what you're going to sell yeah. is to go have 50 conversations with people who could be in your audience. Just yeah. 10 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes a piece. Yeah. 500 minutes that you're going to spend on just that. Yeah. You would be leagues ahead of most people who want to do this for a living. And though. it's interesting oh,
2: yeah. too, because the, that exact technique, like talking 10% listening 90% is what works in sales conversations if you're trying to pitch services.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Because
2: you know, if, if you run a design agency or web agency or whatever, totally. you, you can do anything. Like, yeah. sure, we'll figure it out and we'll make it happen. Totally. So instead of pitching some idea, just, you know, ask questions and listen and listen and listen. Yes. And eventually the customer comes up with project idea. For yeah.
0: Them. Yeah. No, it's, it's really, it's to me, that's why, that's why I'm saying like this one thing to me is sort of the linchpin that makes hard things easy. So whatever you think is really hard, so listener, yeah. whatever you're thinking right now about what's really, really hard, it might be like figuring out what your business idea is, it might be uh, figuring out what, what should be in your website or on your website or what it should look like or yada, 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 it might yeah. be um, figuring out how to write or publish consistently, it might, figure, it might be a lot of this stuff. I think everything, everything on that list of what's hard gets easier when you've talked to enough enough customers to actually feel like you're empathizing, caring, understanding yep. who, who they are and what they're struggling with. Because yep. a lot of like, what what are you going to publish? You don't know because you don't know what would be useful and valuable to them. Right. Yeah. What wh- How often do you need to publish it? You don't know because you don't know in what mediums they're going to find you because you don't know what their schedules are. Because yep. you don't know what what like their lifestyle looks like. And you're not thinking about that. You're thinking like Pat Flynn. You're not thinking like your audience. And that's how you need to think, right? Yep. Everything gets easier when you're when you're doing these customer conversations when you've eventually got that understanding with them so we're watching for that in the next ones that we come up with to see if it does the same if it's like this is and we say customer conversations because to us that's this one specific tactic that you can do to get access to the minds and the hearts of your audience like specifics that can actually change the way you think about things yeah right and i love that i think that's so strong yep so strong
1: so i just want to tack one thing on that That's related to that one. Plus the network one I mentioned about building a peer group or a network or whatever. And that's at the same listening speaking ratio that applies to customer conversations. That same ratio is the best way to build relationships in my opinion. If you do nothing but come up with a few good intriguing questions that allow people to open up and speak about the things that they never get to talk about with anyone because no one listens, you will have more friends than you know what to do with because everyone wants to talk about themselves.
0: Everyone wants to have someone. It's funny you, you should say that because I was just uh, the other day, just, no, I'm just kidding. I wanted to talk about myself. Boom, boom, boom. You nailed that one. Hey, I like uh, that. That's good. So I, I I, do think that part's
1: hard, though. Embracing the idea in both situations, whether it's building relationships, that's a peer group, or whether it's a customer conversation, embracing the idea that your job is to listen mm-hmm. is a hard yep. part about that.
0: Yep. yep, I think so, too. Absolutely. You have another one?
2: Well, uh, if we can flip-flop this back the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, your, keep going your your back and forth. Work or whatever, but so something that I think a lot of people think is easy or that they don't necessarily really think about yeah. that actually turns out to be really hard is, uh, building an audience and publishing content consistently over time. I think a lot of people feel like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll start a YouTube channel or I'll start a, a Twitter, you know, following or whatever. And sure. It's easy to, it's fun to brainstorm that stuff and come up with some ideas yeah. and then to get the first thing out there mm-hmm. or maybe the first two or three things. Yeah. But then come around like you're the 10th thing that you're supposed to be publishing yeah, or the 20th totally, totally it starts to get really really yep. hard to yeah. continue um and i i don't think a lot of people think about that hmm. when they get into it they're really worried about the upfront stuff and this and you know it makes sense you can't see like the future you can only see a few steps in front of you so yeah. um so yeah you're focused on i just need to publish my first couple of blog posts well the goal really should be and this is something that we've been talking a lot about when you start a blog or you start a youtube channel or whatever the goal should be to publish a hundred things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you you know, your first podcast. Yeah. Your goal should be how am I going to get to a hundred podcast episodes? Because you know, by then you're going to then you'll have gotten through that hurdle, which is the really hard part of yeah. uh consistently publishing. Mm-hmm. Most people stop at some point and it's it's sadly most people sadly stop with very few things published. Yeah. This happens a lot of times um when I'm talking to customers or whatever and they're like, Yeah, I don't think that podcasting's for me, you know. And I ask like, okay, well, tell me about your experience and how many episodes do you have out and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, I have like seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, wait a second. You you thought that by seven episodes, you were going to have a hit on your hands or Yeah, what? yeah. So set the goal mm-hmm. for a hundred and that gets you through the hard part. Uh, and then at the end of that, you're going to have learned so much. Yeah. And you probably will have had at least a few instances of that one episode that leads to a breakthrough, yep. or that one blog post totally. that leads to a breakthrough, and um, gets you recognized, or puts you in touch with someone that you weren't before, or helps grow your audience a mm-hmm. hundred times more than everything else that you yeah. publish.
1: Totally. If you want to feel better about yourself and your podcasting skills, just go listen to the archives of my old podcast. You will immediately feel better. <laughs> yeah, it's also how I met Corbett. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: that, that's a good trick for for anybody that you follow who you think is hot. <laughs> Go yeah. look at what they were doing three mm-hmm. yeah, or totally. four or five years ago.
0: Yep. See the beginnings, the beginnings of their stuff because everybody starts where they start. Right. And yep. nobody starts where they are now. Like it's it takes a while to get up there. Yeah. Right? I had
1: that one too though, Corbett. I think that content strategy people think is gonna be really hard. It's gonna be really hard to mm-hmm. develop like a content strategy that makes sense. That's easy. It it'll take you half an afternoon, maybe, and you could be drinking while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. The hard part Woo-hoo. is doing it over <laughs> and over and showing up like a professional. Yeah. And and Maybe even getting ahead of schedule. You know, John and Dana Schultz, I admire them so much. Uh, Dana does all of their content over at minimalistbaker.com. She's already done all of her content for June and it's May, uh, May 31st right now. She's done with June's content. She's working on July now. Yeah. And she's so far ahead of her schedule that she has to get the very first food that comes off the farm before it's in season to yeah. be able to keep up with their content schedule. That's the only thing holding her back. Yeah, like, totally. That's the hard. Cause you part. don't want to be publishing what's not in season. Right. Yeah. Being that much of a professional, that's hard. That's yeah. the part you should be working on.
0: And it's actually, it, it, it's like it, another thing where it's like, okay, publishing consistently over time instead of just creating a content strategy. Yes. Right. Is, is what I'm hearing. And, and when you commit to publishing consistently over time, then it's like your work actually changes. Like what your job is actually changes. Your job is to publish consistently, right? And I and we would add that there's there's two two real prongs here: publish consistently, and everything you publish make it more and more and more useful to your audience. Yes. right? Yeah. That's, a second that's prong the second. That's the
2: second part like, that's really hard that people don't think about. Yeah. That incremental improvement. You think that just the act of publishing is going to make me better each time, but it's not. This is a yeah. deliberate action that you have to take to. Uh, to measure, monitor, solicit feedback. Every time you publish something, you have to be looking for little clues in the number of times something gets shared or yeah. the number of comments that you get or the uh, number of people who email you and say, that really affected me because of X, Y, and Z. Totally. You need to be listening to those things very carefully. Mm-hmm. And when you find something that seems to strike a chord, you go, aha, that's a clue. I, what, about that post made that so much more useful to people and how can I continue that as we go forward?
0: Yeah, no, I think that, and it's interesting, these are all, a lot of them are turning into, you know, two sides of the coin kind of thing. Building something instead of just running away from something. Publishing consistently over time instead of just creating a content strategy. Making stuff that's more and more useful to your audience versus just blindly publishing whatever you've got, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, maybe another thing I could add to that is like writing effectively versus just writing creatively, you know, reverse, you know, just writing like, Hey, love me. You know what? I mean? Look how smart I am. Really. More than love me like, look how smart I am. Let me prove to you how smart I am. Let me prove to you how good of a writer I am. That's not effective, right? Because it doesn't have to do anything. What you're trying to do is you're trying to save people from the 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 crushing feelings of post-traumatic stress disorder. You're trying to help husbands and wives have more connected relationships. You're trying to help dog owners feel less stressed about their life. You're trying to, whatever the purpose of your thing is, that's what you. That's what you care about. Mm-hmm. So you have to be effective at 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 making those transformations right. happen. Not just like, aren't I a smart person? Aren't I good at blogging? Right. Aren't I a great pub, podcast publisher mm-hmm. or whatever? And I think that's a really important distinction: is to diff, the difference between being effective and and transformational yeah. as a writer versus just creative or just or clever, just clear, or whatever. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yep. totally. What else? What else we got
1: down was, uh, I think most people think the business building part is going to be really hard. All the stuff we teach, I think they they think that's the hardest part about building a business. Uh, in reality, I think it's pretty easy because you just, you can pay us and you can show up at fizzle and we're going to teach you all kinds of stuff that you need to know. And it's pretty cut and dry as far as the actions you need to take and the goals to set and all of that. Yeah. I think the really, really hard part that goes along with that though, that not enough people come to the table with or even think about is the building of expertise along the way hmm. or, or even before you get to the point of building a business. No one wants to put in, Gary Vaynerchuk did have a good video the other day. I'll give it to him. He was talking about this guy, you know, gets on a video, he submits a video question. He's got like Gary V's book and his the Jets logo pulled up on a screen next to him while this BS. And he's like this built jack dude. And he gets on the thing and he's like, Gary, if you only had $1,000, what would you do to start a successful business. Mm -hmm. And Gary's like, $1,000 is nothing, you bozo. What I would do is I would go find a CEO. I I think it was actually, what would you do with $1,000 to start an apparel company? Yeah. And Gary goes, nothing. I wouldn't start an apparel company right now. I'd go find the number one executive I could find in an apparel industry or in an apparel business. And I'd ask to be his little, you know, Aaron, slave, boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Aaron, boy, whatever, assistant, whatever you want to call it, totally. and I'd do that for three years, and then I would start a business because then yeah. you're going to know what you need to know to be able to actually succeed. Totally, and no one is willing to do that. Yeah, no one will go do that because. Everyone wants the the solution today. They want to be the guy totally. today. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and there are a lot of parallels uh, between that, I think, and the com- customer conversation stuff we were mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most people don't want to have those conversations because I've have the idea right now and I right. just want to go build it right. instead of doing the work to find out what mm-hmm. you need to know.
0: Yeah, and this right. is just
2: the precursor of that.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. I think I think it's it, these are all very like. These are very like there's some there's something mindset that we're sort of tracing here. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about the mindset, but we're talking about the results of the mindset. Right. The difference between this and that, whatever draws that line, that's the that's some sort of mindset stuff that it, that is sort of hard to tack down. But you can really clearly see it in the difference between, I want to start a successful apparel company, and I'm willing. To be mentored by someone or to work somewhere else for a time, because I care about the twenty-year goal. Mm. Yeah, or I want to start a successful apparel company, and I'm not willing to do that. I just want to know how I can be like, how I can be hip and yeah, and smart and like whatever seem to be smart right now. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. I got another one. Go on, let's hear it.
2: That people think is really hard that uh, isn't or doesn't need to be. And that is the technology aspect of yeah. things, right? So yeah. how, how many times do we hear this? People talk about, well, I, you know, I'd love to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not a developer. Or um, how many peop- how, how many times do you hear people complain about uh, the lack of options for making WordPress talk to this forum software, or mm-hmm. whatever it is? Yeah. And people get really wrapped up in these issues, so much so that you can, you've seen entrepreneurs basically, like, they almost put everything on hold yeah, for a month while they're figuring out this technology stuff yeah. because they, I gotta, in mind, I gotta Im,
0: Im, put in office autopilot or something, right. out, you know what I mean? Because in
2: their mind, there's some like perfect solution yeah. and if only they get that technology solution perfect, yeah. everything in their business is going to be just right. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that technology stuff doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. What matters yeah. is who you're helping and how you're solving that problem and how compelling your offer is to them. Totally. And, you know, meanwhile, on the other end, you see people who don't have any pre- preconceived notions of what their technology should look like. They just want to, like, make the shit work mm-hmm. and not spend a lot of time on it. So they throw something together. They end up using. They end up like having people like send them money via PayPal yeah. and they email yeah. them the files yeah. instead of trying to set up this like fancy course totally. infrastructure or whatever. Totally, and it works just as well. Yeah, and sometimes it works better because it's different and people are like, "Wait, what? What's going yeah. on?" there? because
0: you're so much more involved and invested, and it's like I can t- I can feel you in this. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, so, so not that that's like the you have to do it that way to make a business, but it's like you care you care more about your course getting to me than you do about. Fooling around and fiddling with with your co- with yeah. like core software. Yes, you know and what I mean. Same
2: with with blogging uh, platforms, for yep. example. You know, how many times have you seen people fiddle around with a design mm-hmm. or whatever for yeah. weeks or months? Yeah. Sometimes people fiddle around for a year. Yeah. I totally. did. I yeah, remember yeah. this, like thinking that, like, if I just get the design and the tagline right, then all, okay. they'll really and
1: trust like, me. Yeah. I have news for you. Go look at James Clear's website.
2: Yeah. Go look
0: at uh, like J- uh, like Derek Sivers right. or you know go Seth Godin. Yeah. Or most right. most of the like the most effective sites on the yeah. web. You know, like oh, there's like, actually I find that that the the slicker a site is, I'm I'm already starting to have these biases against mm-hmm. this thing because anything that has that good of a website. Clearly, it's kind of like anything that's spending that much on advertising. They're, like, yeah, they're, they're sort of funky. They're, you know, spending they're, they're, they're more money on the lipstick than on the. They're page. obviously because if you have enough money to spend for advertising or on a nice website, that means you're so profitable. You, I'm, I'm kind of. I think you're sort of dubious to me. Yep. Well, you know what I mean. So
1: we have this phrase on our mastermind retreats that we that comes up a lot, and it's earn the right to. And I think in this case, a really good way to think about that is you have to earn the right to get to use the ideal technology solution that you're thinking about mm-hmm. and earn the right to me in this case means prove the idea first, do it the heart or the, the yeah. ugly way first yeah. and prove that
0: people want it bad enough. And,
2: and make enough money that exactly. you can afford to pay somebody to right. do all that exactly. stuff yes. instead of wasting three months tinkering right. on
0: it. Yeah. And the reason why we get upset about this is because you guys, we watch a lot of hopeful entrepreneurs literally fizzle out in front of our eyes waste away because of like specifically this technology one every week we- website design like I'm so passionate about it I love website design it's one of my favorite expressive arts on the web like I think it's I think it's amazing and I would I would hate for you to spend even a moment's worth of time thinking about it and up front eventually yeah earn the right to do it find out who like but you gotta find out who you are for that to be expressed through design later on yes what you're trying to do is express who you are when you haven't found it yet and you find it through one thing and that's in interacting with your customers hearing their problems making something that solves it getting it better and better and better like just just that interaction and that relationship over time what it does for me is it builds a confidence and a sense of identity about what I'm doing in this business and that's what you design That's what comes out of the design. And
2: you deserve a lot of credit for that because it's rare to hear from a designer who doesn't want Mm. to spend their time talking about designs and critiquing designs and things. You know how... Uh, unimportant it is if you don't have the right foundation. Yeah, design can be really powerful in the totally. right situations. Yeah, but a lot of times you don't need much. Mm-hmm. You, know? you really you
0: and you and and it everything just gets in the way. Yeah, it gets in the way of what's what matters most, and that's yeah. that's why. And like I have a course inside of Fizzle, which if you want to go deep on this, it goes. It's like it's. It's my whole philosophy of design. It's called the Essentials of Website Design for Business Builders. It's not for designers. It's for people who are like, hey, I want to put this blog or this website out. And I think it's I think it's super powerful. I think you can't go through that course without feeling like like realizing this sort of truth out of it. But you don't have to do that. You can just listen to me right here and take my word for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, can, I can run you through my gauntlet of and stuff. And just start
2: with the simplest theme you can find. And, yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. A great
2: example of this, uh, I, w- I was in Mexico a few weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, and um, our whole families were in town, and I strolled by a the hotel that my um, father-in-law was staying at, and he's sitting there at the front desk of the hotel, chatting with the hotel owner, and he kind of sees me walk by and he goes, oh, great, there he is. And I'm like, oh great, what? Like mm-hmm. he uh, and uh, Jim's like, hey, can you help this guy out? He's he's got he's got a problem with this website or something. Oh god. oh god. So I'm like, okay. So the hotel owner like has his laptop. He kind of swivels it around. Yeah. Him. And the gist of it is, he has a site built on Dreamweaver or something. Yeah. Which like I don't know if that even exists anymore. It still does. Or what. Yeah. But he's not able to make some kind of animation happen that he wants and hmm. and and he shows me his his site and it's like one of these like long scrolling things and uh-huh. the the photos come in with these really interesting but i think he either it broke or something and he yeah. needs to fix it and uh and and he's like well and i'm like we don't use flash or or yeah, yeah. dreamweaver or macromedia yeah. that kind of stuff he's like well what do you use how do you make these like effects and stuff <laughs> yeah. and and I just I had to get on a soapbox with them and say like this has nothing to do with you getting more customers for your hotel you need better photos Mm -hmm. you need better reviews on TripAdvisor this is the thing
0: this is that Seth Godin like what is the what is the hard thing about this the hard thing about this is convincing someone that this is the right place to stay and your parallax photo scrolling animation your blinking logo that doesn't do it no what does do it that's the question to figure out and where are you going to find the answer I'll tell you where in customer con conversations. And that's what's hard is and I'm not going to say that customer conversation I mean one of the things about this and we got to come to a close here soon. Um one of the things about this when we're saying like actually this is easy and you just think it's hard, I'm really afraid that that will come off as like sort of uh, almost self-righteous or just like uh, like really disconnected, but I want you to know listener that like we know why this is hard for you, right? right. And what we're trying to do is shape It's to provide some door that you can walk through to see on the other side. It's like, okay, so what if I was in this for the 20 year plan? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A lot of these
2: cases, the difference between something you thinking something easy and and realizing that it's hard or vice versa is mindset.
0: Yeah. It really is.
2: Or having some experience to know. Totally, And and so, you know, this is where hopefully we've been on the other side of some of these things. And like you said, it could feel disconnected. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid
0: because I'm saying over and over and over again, having customer conversations is easy. And someone's yelling at the car radio going like, no, it's not. No, it's not, and yeah. I'm like, I totally understand what, what you're talking about. Yeah, we do. You know, for what's sure. What's hard about it right now is is I don't. know, Maybe you don't even know what you're doing, right? Well, then you got to come back to the beginning. Yeah, and let's let's really invest because what you just said, right? The technology you think that's hard, but it's really easy when you've got a solid foundation, and the foundation is what is my business topic? Do I am I confident that this is something that I I can actually bring some expertise or insight to that it's something I care about, I'm not going to burn out about, who is the audience that I'm serving, right? And then like what makes me unique and different? And guess what? I just went through the three first courses on the freaking roadmap of Fizzle. The whole first part of Fizzle is setting up that foundation. And I think it's really hard to, I think it's really, let's say, let me put it this way. It's really simple to have a great foundation, but very few people do it. I think it's really, really simple. Yeah, it doesn't get it
2: simple and easy aren't the same thing. Simple yeah, and easy are not the same thing. Doesn't
1: feel like that should be the work. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that's the productive work. It yeah.
0: feels like you should be building a website or making right. technology. And work that's why one better. of the things we really love is like, hey, come up with an idea that works, make a few bucks on it, then go back to square, and then then go back to square one and say, do I want to keep going with this thing, or have I learned enough now about how this world, how this game works, mm-hmm. to be able to to do it in a different thing in a short, even even shorter amount of time. Right. And something that I could probably stay on for longer. Yeah. That's what I love. I love breaking that seal, making your first buck on anything yeah. that you were kind of like, well, I just love Star Wars. So I did this, whatever, I made some shirt and did the thing. But now I understand like the importance of an email list, like how I'm gonna get my a website up, like yada, yada yada. Like I know how to do all that. I yeah. broke the seal. I spent six months and I done and I did it. Now you've got that information for the rest of your life. Yep. Literally the most powerful tool you can have at your disposal, the internet. Do you know what I mean? To make a website and get it in front of millions of people. You have all the tools to do that. And now you've actually, you've fiddled with a, a small version of that and you know how to do that. And I just think that's, wow, how powerful can that be? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And uh, just to point out, a lot of people probably listening are, are also not just thinking that customer conversations are hard, but that they're not ready for them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you in the Fizzle roadmap, they come a lot sooner than you might think they do Yeah. because as soon as you have an, a business idea and you have an idea of who the audience might be for that i that that concept, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then, pretty soon after that, it's time to start yeah, talking to people. There's nothing else to be yeah. done. And yeah. so, within the Fizzle roadmap, you could be to the point where you could go from refining your business idea to talking to customers. Yeah. In in probably a month or five weeks or so, easily. And it and it just happens that. We have a free trial for podcast listeners. Go to fizzle.co slash try five. Yep. You can try fizzle for free for five weeks. Five weeks. And uh, in during that five weeks, we should have a challenge or something. Mm-hmm. We should have like a try fizzle challenge where totally. let's see if you can refine your idea, figure out who your audience is, and talk to some customers within those five weeks. And see
0: have. if it, yeah, it's on a scale of one to 10, how much, how much how much easier is your life now? How much easier is it to come up with strategy? How much easier is it to come up with what I, what content ideas Mm -hmm. with, with literally everything Mm Yeah. now that you have a lifeline into like the actual heart and soul of your customer base. Yep. I think that's powerful. Fizzle.co slash try five. Is that good? It's good. You guys good? I got more things we could talk about, but I think we should end it now around that one. Maybe we'll do a follow up. All right. I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corporate
2: Lee Barr.
1: I just want to say one thing. I feel like I was a little (laughs) harsh. I was a little harsh this episode. Here's what I wish for you. I wish for you to trust me. I've been through this stuff, man. It's not fun. We've all been through this stuff. And mm-hmm. the only reason we tell you these things is because we've done all the stupid things. We've we've done all the stuff that we thought should be the hard part. And it turns out it wasn't. And we learned this stuff the hard way. So trust us, please. Booyah. I've been Booyah, Bar- Kasha. Barrett Allen Brooks. And we'll see you there.
0: Oh, oh we'll see, see you another, another day. Oh. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. I hope you are loving that show. That's right. It's a good one. Sorry. (laughs) Fizzleshow.co slash 165. That's where you're going to find the show notes and the conversations about this episode. Okay? You're going to be able to click the link there to learn more about the three-phase small business roadmap. There's a video that you can watch that I made, and I put a lot of heart and soul in it. I hope you like it. And... I've also put a link to Corbett's excellent post that he wrote last week 10 Steps to Start a Business and Why the SBA's List is Tragically Flawed. He gets pretty fired up on that. It. It's a good, great post. Fizzleshow.co, F I Z Z L E Show.co slash 165. Here's a fun rating from uh, iTunes rating from someone a long time ago that I never got to read. He said, If the physical guys were Thundercats, Barrett would be Tigra, stable, level-headed with an architectural gift for aligning systems. He has also the ability to turn himself invisible, like when he sometimes goes for five minutes straight on the podcast without saying a word and then jumps out to startle you with some relevant insight. Corbett would be Panthro, Super smart and loyal to the cause with a strong sense of excellence and a good sense of humor. He is respected by both sides of the field of battle. He builds all the cool things for the team to use in their adventures. And Chase would be the Thunder Kittens. Wily Kit and Wily Cat. Mischievous, funny, and agile. You never quite know where he is or where he's going to next. Like the Thunder Kittens, he has a couple of different but overlapping personalities. I can barely get through this. Personalities. And the leader of the Thundercats, Lion-O is the founder who joins to listen to the guidance of the others and goes forth to be the hero of the journey. That is truly an epic uh, little iTunes review there. Thank you so much. Our goal here, dear listeners, you know, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. Do you know that? Do you know that that's like what, like we're, we're really kind of doing that. Like we kind of don't exist if we don't keep doing that. And more than that, I don't know. We really like this. We like doing this for you. If you like it as well and you haven't yet, please leave us an iTunes review. It means the world for me to be able to read these things. I share them with the team. We read them out on every episode. If you go to the iTunes store and search for Fizzle in the podcast section, click write a review when you see our orange faces and tell us what you like about it, maybe what you hate about it. We got a one-star review recently. Wasn't that happy about it? But I understand we're not for everybody. All right, that's it for this show, guys. Episode 165. Check out the show notes. Tell me if you're into it. And uh, if you love this conversation, if it was as good for you as it was for me, please shout out to us on uh, on Twitter. At Fizzle, F-I-Z-Z-L-E is the handle. All right. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.